Whether it's the Scream 5 cast coming back for Scream 6, whether it's the Crow reboot is finally filming this summer, or if it's the recently announced Terra Train reboot by Tubi coming to Tubi this fall, we got all the information and movie reviews that you need here on T Watches a Scary Movie. and welcome to a brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. Remember, you can check us out. Our audio version is on your favorite podcasting platform, Spotify, uh, Audio, uh, Audible, Amazon Books, all that good stuff there. You can find us out there by searching T Watches a Scary Movie. So just search us. You can find us and listen in. Otherwise, if you want to see this handsome face here, go to YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Theron Reynolds scary movie again youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Theron Reynolds scary movie you can see the video versions of the episodes as well as any other videos that I'm popping up go to our Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash T scary movie again facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash T scary movie in the Facebook group you can see any written reviews that I'm putting up any funny memes that we're having fun conversations with as well too you can also get the links to our watch parties that we do every Wednesday night we're always watching what we're reviewing here in the show so for example tonight we're watching our last four films of the after dark horror fest so get to the Facebook group get the link for the discord it is over here as well but either way it works get into the discord watch some movies with us so we had a lot of movie news coming out this week in the world of horror it was announced yesterday officially that the surviving cast of scream 5 is coming back for scream 6 so jenna ortega melissa barrera uh, jasmine savoy brown and mason gooding are all returning to scream 6 to face off against ghostface again now, it was also announced that this movie is going to take us out of Woodsboro, that these four are trying to move on with their lives, and they're leaving the town of Woodsboro behind. We don't know really anything else beyond that besides Courtney Cox is coming back into it, and I dare say it actually might be interesting to leave Nev Campbell on the sidelines for this one. Who knows if we actually need Sydney back? If you saw Scream 5, we know that David Arquette's Dewey took uh, the front stage out of the legacy characters, helping out this new cast and crew uh, face off against Ghostface. And then we had Courtney Cox's uh, Gail Weathers and Nev Campbell's Sidney Prescott showing up towards the later half of the movie. Now, all three of those actors definitely made an impression coming back for Scream 5. It was great to see them, but they managed to do something, or Radio Silence managed to do something that we don't get to see in a lot of legacy sequels, which is we did make sure to put the focus on the new set of characters. Even the new Halloween films, which I'll use as, as an example, Jamie Lee Curtis is still the front and center of at least that first Halloween film back in 2018. Now, in Halloween Kills, she definitely took a backseat to Judy Greer, uh, uh, to Judy Greer's character, I felt, as Jamie Lee Curtis set sideline in that hospital majority of that film. So, 
Who knows what we're going to get here with Scream 6. I don't think that Nev Campbell's Sidney Prescott is necessarily needed for this film. I think Gail makes sense because with her still working in TV and working for the news, of course, that's easy to involve with murderers. That's not that hard to put those two things together at all. So I do feel that uh, it makes way more sense for Courtney Cox to be here. I just don't know if we necessarily need Nev Campbell to come back. Not that I don't want her. I do absolutely want her. I think that would be cool as hell to see Sydney back yet again. But I don't know if we actually need her. Okay, I don't know if that's something that we actually need her back for. Also, it was announced that the Crow reboot is finally moving forward with filming. This film has been in the works for years at this point. It's gone from one director to one cast to another director and another cast. But it looks like we're finally set to go. Rupert Sanders, who you might know from Snow White and the Huntsman, will be directing this film that's going to be starring Bill Skarsgård, who you might remember as Pennywise the Clown from It Chapter 1 and It Chapter 2. He's going to be starring as Eric Draven along with FKA Twigs as the female lead. Now, we don't know for sure if this is just going to be basically a modern update of the original film because the fact that Skarsgård's character is named Eric Draven, which is the name of the character in the first film, it definitely le uh, lends itself to the idea that we're at least going to see some similarities in there. But we don't know for certain, but at least the movie is filming. That is the biggest development in the world of the Crow reboot that we've gotten in 10 years, if not more at this point. So we'll see with that. Tubi. Tubi recently announced that they are going to be doing a remake of Terror Train that is coming this fall. They dropped the trailer just this morning on what will hope to be a Slumber Party Massacre style reboot. Now, if you haven't seen Terror Train, this is a classic horror film from 1980 starring Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, of all people, David Copperfield. Yes, that David Copperfield and Jamie Lee Curtis starred in this film about a prank went, that went wrong on a college student who then returned to take his revenge amongst his uh, tormentors on this train. Now, looks like we're probably going to get the exact same story here in this 2B remake, but when I say Slumber Party Massacre, we've talked about that reboot. We I reviewed that earlier this year. Slumber Party Massacre reboot decided it was going to be very meta. It's going to be very on the nose, and that worked out really well for them. So I'm hoping that Terror Train goes the exact same route with this, because while I enjoy the original Terror Train, uh... I'd be lying if I said it's one of my favorites. I think anybody who did think it was one of their favorites, they enjoy maybe a lot of the atmosphere. But overall, it's not exactly like a top-tier uh, top tier movie. Neither was the original Slumber Party Massacre, but it's still really enjoyable. So I'm hoping that filmmakers with this one went the same route, and they're looking to just make it very meta, very open to the audience with it. But who knows? We're going to see the way that ends up all working out with it. Uh... And with that, it is time to talk some movies. If y'all remember a few weeks back, we went over the first four films of the After Dark Horror Festival. This was a film festival that was made by After Dark Studios that covered uh, a few independent films that they bought the rights to and decided to show as a part of this festival. Now, here's the thing. Not all of them were good, obviously, uh, but they were all really fun watch to go through. Um, and we covered the first four films in this series just a few weeks ago. You might remember we talked about uh, The Abandoned, Dark Ride, The Grave Dancers, and The Hamiltons. Those are the first four films that we covered. Now, The Abandoned, fantastic film. 
uh dark ride and the hamiltons were kind of low uh towards the more lower end of it and the grave dancers was kind of very mid-range so we got four other movies in the first after dark horror fest to talk about we got penny dreadful reincarnation unrest and wicked little things now the quality of these is just as varied as it was for the first four set of films so we're going to jump right into it and i'm going to get started here with penny dreadful now Penny Dreadful stars Rachel Miner and Re uh, Mimi Rogers, who you might know Rachel Miner from year two of the After Dark Horror Fest. She was in a film called Tooth and Nail. You might also know her from a film called Bully. Uh, you might know her from a lot of things there. And Mimi Rogers, obviously, from so many things from the 1980s and 1990s, including Austin Powers, which is where I was introduced to her. Um, uh, and so Rachel Miner plays a young girl who has a bit of a car phobia. She was in a car accident as a child that took the life of her parents and she struggled with being in cars ever since. Now, her psychiatrist or therapist, whatever you want to call her, played by Mimi Rogers, is there to basically take her out and actually give her a chance to uh, go go on a ride to get through these fears that she's having so the whole goal here is she's going to take her on a trip and try to get her over this fear of cars now of course it's a horror movie so it's not going to go easy it's not going to go the right way something has to go wrong and of course penny and her therapist oriana end up hitting a hitchhiker now hitchhiker's not dead hitchhiker's all right so they pick that hitchhiker up and decide they're going to take this hitchhiker to their ultimate destination but we find out once they do get this hitchhiker to where they're going that one of their tires has been punctured and this hitchhiker might not necessarily be who they say that they are from there uh penny and oriana are are uh are terrified they are uh just hunted by this hitchhiker while trying to find a way out of these woods because again their car has a flat tire. They can't really drive on it. They're in the middle of nowhere and they have no phone service. So Oriana leaves to try to get a signal. Now, the movie itself is honestly, it, it's a decent film. I really did enjoy it. I think the problem that came up with this movie is that they don't make it clear exactly what we're seeing. So, spoiler alert, Oriana is one of the very few victims that's in this film. The psychiatrist, therapist, whatever you want to call her, she's one of the few people that ends up getting killed in this movie. And at one point, we're led to believe that her murder might have been carried out by Penny. That Penny actually uh, went even crazier and followed Oriana and murdered her out in the middle of the woods. But then, we're led to believe that this hitchhiker is an actual real person because the movie goes back and forth between making us think that maybe this hitchhiker is the per uh, another personality of rachel minor's character or it could actually be somebody out there in the woods that's trying to kill people but the film skirts that line and i think that's ultimately the biggest problem with the movie is that it's hard to tell which narrative we're really supposed to be believing in and by the end of the film i guess they would have you believe that it's got to be the latter that this hitchhiker was a real person and they were out there in the woods killing a lot of different people. But if that's the case, then that makes the earlier parts of the film confusing where they try to really convince us that it has to be Penny who's doing these murders. She's the one that's committing all these atrocities out in the middle of the woods. 
So beyond that, when it comes to at least the acting, because that's really what's got to carry us here, because there's not that much in the way of scares, um, Virgil Minor has always been a phenomenal actress. She can convey terror with the absolute best of them. And she also has a way of selling like just being distraught and just being absolutely broken. Um, if you ever saw the film Bully that she did with uh, uh, Brad Renfro and uh, Nick Stahl, Another great example of that, somebody who's stuck in just this terrifying situation with somebody who's going to do her a lot of harm and she just doesn't know what to do. And we get to see more of that on display here with Penny Dreadful as well. And she does such an excellent job with that too. So that's never in question that the acting is good in this film. It's really, really good. I think the downside, again, though, is just that as bloody as this film gets at time, and it really does, the various murders throughout it, they are pretty gruesome, they are pretty brutal, they are pretty mean, uh, but it almost seems like it's still just missing a step. Like, basically, the director was like, okay, I'm going to keep this here into, like, second uh, second gear. We're not going to shift into turbo. We're not going to hit anything like that. And so the film never reaches the heights that you might think that it could get to. Maybe if there was, like, another victim or two. Maybe if Penny was a little, uh, just a little bit more capable or a little bit more vocal about things that were going on. We don't really get that. So it does make it hard to really say that the film is like just this amazing, amazing film. So good one. Definitely good compared to some of the films that we watched a few weeks ago in the After Dark Horror Fest. But also got to temper your expectations this one ended up being very mid-range when it came to it as well too but that's penny dreadful now let's talk about reincarnation reincarnation which was easily the best of the bunch now reincarnation tells the story of a young actress auditioning for a role in a horror film based on some truly sickening events that happened years before a professor who is obsessed with the idea of reincarnation what happens to us after the after we die? Do we come back? Do we retain those memories? What happens? This professor decided to carry out an experiment in a complex where he lived where he murdered basically everybody in this apartment complex, including his own family, just to see what would happen. And this film being made is a uh, Hollywood. I say Hollywood. They're in Japan, but it's a uh, I, we call it Hollywood, the style. Um, they're basically telling these events in a movie. And our lead actress starts to see visions of these previous events. And that would make a lot of sense because, again, the movie is called Reincarnation. And what ends up happening over the course of this film is that we see this young actress start to, again, envision everything that happened all these years ago in her normal life. So as she's filming this movie, she's finding out more and more about what happened and starting to realize that she's seeing these same things in modern day as well, too. And how can she put an end to it? <laughs> excuse me so it gets more and more fascinating at fascinating as the imagery continues to get even more and more bloodier because again this professor murdered everybody in this building and it's uh the whole idea here is that he's trying to do it again okay with the whole idea of reincarnation it's again completing this cycle of we want to see what happens another time so we're going to kill more and more people to figure that out so our young actress her friends the cast the crew her agent they all become unwilling participants and unknowing participants in this reincarnated scene this scene that's being redone from all these years ago now 
This movie is absolutely creepy. The imagery of it is 100% creepy, including very much so uh, this doll that the professor's daughter had at one point. Very, very creepy doll for a kid to have. Becomes more and more prominent for our lead actress as we're seeing her in modern times. This doll just keeps showing up when something bad is going on. So they do inject a very, very big amount of creepiness into this film. Um, it is bloody because the whole thing is about uh, this professor again who kills all these people so we get to see that scene we get to see it happen when he's making folks do that in modern times as well and we're hoping we're like we are with our lead in this to where we're really really hoping that everything works out the right way but we also have very much a sinking suspicion kind of like something like the ring or even like the abandoned that we watched a few weeks ago there are a lot of similarities in here that gives you an idea of where this movie might ultimately go with our lead actress but i enjoyed this one the most out of all the other films that i've watched um just because once i realized what was going on it was easy to get in and keep in mind this is a japanese film it's dubbed subtitles all that stuff um, so sometimes those movies can be hard to engage with and hard to really get a love for, but really, really good one here with reincarnation. Definitely one I recommend that y'all check out that moves us over to movie number three, which is unrest. Now unrest, I'm going to tell you right off the jump. If you've never seen it, there is a better version of this movie out. That's called the autopsy of Jane Doe no shade at all to unrest because hey look y'all made a movie and that's more than what i've done so y'all get credit there for sure but it's hard not to look at a film like the autopsy of jane doe that stars brian cox and emile hirsch about a, a coroner and his son who end up having to do an autopsy on a jane doe that shows up and it turns out that this jane doe might not be as innocent of a person as her body might lead them to believe uh, it's the same idea here for unrest. A group, a group of students at a medical school are now at the point in their training to where they're going to start working on cadavers. So they're going to learn about everything to do with operating on bodies and learning about diseases and things like that by working on a cadaver that's assigned to each team. This team is assigned a random young woman who they don't know much about except for it looks like she might have been tortured and that she might have also been pregnant as well too. They decide that they're going to go ahead and call this woman Norma. And unfortunately, this team that's working on Norma's body continues to not treat it with the respect that has been uh, been forcefully told to them numerous times over the course of this training these bodies are to be respected do not defile these bodies do not make fun of these bodies they're not there for a joke respect the dead because you never know what can happen and of course when they don't respect the dead things start coming out things start happening to them and we find out that norma here is actually alita who led an archaeological expedition to an Aztec sacrificial site. And from there, she was possessed and something started happening to her. And now these curses are being imparted to the people that are working on this body. Now, Unrest really does have a lot of good themes with it. It does show that this entire team that's working on this body, how they're all subtly affected by the cursing of Norma or Alita, whatever you want to call her. And just like the autopsy of Jane Doe, and like a few other films that, that kind of like take the same kind of premise, the whole goal is to try to figure out how do we stop this? Like, how do we stop this curse from killing us, basically? There's got to be a way to stop this from getting over to us. 
multiple members of the team die the college professor dies like there's a lot of death for sure in this movie and i did actually find it funny because um the 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 student's professor is an actor that was in the film deep rising y'all know i fucking love deep rising i was like oh man that's my dude right there from deep rising man that dude got pulled through the hole in the ground now so that was kind of cool and fun to see that but the movie itself i would say has the distinct look of uh it looks very industrial if that makes any sense like it's very washed out in white and gray and blue which has been the theme for a number of these after dark horror fest films and i get it because they're indie films a lot of times that's what indie films end up looking like for sure um and it fits for this movie because they're in a hospital they're in a morgue they're working on these bodies so the coloring definitely fits but it does get to be an eyesore by the time you're done with the film because there's just so much fluorescent lighting in this fucking movie uh but the movie doesn't skip on the bodies or on the victims in this it is bloody again we're working with dead bodies of course there's got to be a lot of blood in this film it's just the execution for sure could have been better uh the scares for me at least weren't there and i don't need a scare a horror movie to be scary but i did want to feel something dread terror uh distraught whatever i didn't get a lot out of that like i definitely have my blood pumping for it because there are some good jumps like there's a like a couple jump scares in there but overall it's not that scary of a movie to me you'd be better served watching the autopsy of jane doe instead and that's going to bring us to our last movie here of the after dark horror fest wicked little things now I will admit Wicked Little uh, Wicked Little Things was definitely the movie that I was looking the most forward to to watching. Number one, because of the cast that's in it. And then number two, just because it's one of the few that I remember co-workers talking about from years back when I was at Blockbuster when this was coming out. A lot of my co-workers talked a lot about this movie and said this was the one that they really enjoyed watching it as well too. Now... The story of Wicked Little Things starts off in 1913 in Carlton, Pennsylvania. There's a uh, there's a group of kids of immigrant uh, immigrant children who are working in a mine. The mine collapses and all these children end up getting killed by the collapse of this mine. Now, the owner of the mine ends up getting acquitted of all charges due to a uh, due to a technicality, and so no justice is ever served at all. And that's kind of the crux of what we know is going to end up happening because that's the way it works in horror movies, okay? Kids got killed. Dude didn't serve any justice. These kids are coming back later. They're going to get their justice. They're going to get their revenge. So, 80 years later, Karen and her family, played by Lori Loughlin, who you might know from, like, or Lori Hearing. I don't know why I say Lori Loughlin. That's somebody different. Lori Hearing, who you might know from uh, 8mm. You might know from The In Crowd. Fucking love The In Crowd. And her daughter, Sarah and Emma, played by Scout Taylor Compton, who you might recognize as Laurie Strode from Halloween, and Chloe Grace Moretz, that you might know from Kick-Ass, from Suspiria, from a lot of other things as well. Let the right one in. Um, They play her daughters. Uh, They move to the town of Carlton, Pennsylvania, uh, because recently Karen has just lost her husband after a terminal disease. They don't have any money, and they do have a house that was willed to them here in Carlton, Pennsylvania that they could take over. So the three move in, and they start to encounter some strange circumstances around the town. 
Uh, most notably is that these kids start showing up from the mine that was collapsed on and they start murdering people. Yes, that is right. These kids come back as zombies and they're murdering everybody in the town that played a role in what went down here. Uh, we find out that uh, uh, that our lead characters are distant blood relatives to some of these families of children that were hunted and targeted and everything. And therefore that's why they're, uh, the kids are kind of looking at them. And then there's this other big thing going on to where we have somebody that owns the mine that's gonna sell the mine and uh, the town doesn't want that. This guy's an asshole. He's gonna bankrupt the town as well too. And it's your typical story of outsiders moving into a town. They're getting terrorized. And now they're trying to get the fuck out of that town, getting out of there. Now, the movie itself could have been better executed with what the children are doing because we're told they're zombies. But it's not really made clear, like, what kind of zombies that there are. Like, are they just coming back from the dead and they're trying to kill all these people? Because those might be zombies, but they're more like ghouls. Because ghouls, that's what they do. They come back and they try to murder people. Um, these zombies, I mean, they bite, they use, but they use weapons a hell of a lot more. There are some bloody and some visceral kills and wicked little things for sure, which is definitely the most fun about this movie is seeing the various ways that all these victims get cut up, chopped up, ran over, rocks and heads, anything you can think of. There are some very violent kills and wicked little things for sure. Uh, but with that though, the lack of story information, I think, is what holds this film back from truly being incredible. Because while we do get bits and pieces, we get that cold open that shows us what happened to all these kids years and years and years back. And we get little bits of information from other characters around the town of Carlton. It's just not enough. So we're not going to given enough information to truly distinguish why this is happening who they're targeting, and what the end game here is. I, I feel that we're missing bits of information that would really help with understanding everything we need to about this movie. Like, why, again, does the younger daughter, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, get to talk, really, with all the dead kids? Why are they not actually hurting her or anything? And it's things like that that I was still wondering at the end of the movie. Didn't stop it from being enjoyable, but... Having answers to a lot of those questions definitely would have made it much better for sure. So that is year one of the After Dark Horror Fest. Now, what I'm going to end up doing, because we've graded these movies. We watched the first four weeks back, and I got grades from all of you in the chat, in the Discord. We're watching these second four movies, and we're doing the same thing. I'm going to get these scores together, and we are going to issue out some award winners here for this festival. We're going to treat it like the real thing. So you're going to want to make sure to come back in the coming weeks as we talk about things like best in show, best acting, uh, best screenplay, all that kind of stuff. We're going to go over together over the coming weeks here with the After Dark Horror Fest. So I want to see y'all back here to check that out. Don't forget, though, next week, you want to be back because next week is new week and we are looking at choose or die the latest netflix thriller about a video game that can kill people Ooh, sounds very stay alive -y. uh and we are also talking the remake of firestarter starring zach efron that comes out this coming friday friday the 13th actually and we are going to check that out next week here on the show and with this friday the 13th coming up this week I want to remind y'all, as I always do, make sure 
that you take a drink for Julius this year, okay? Take a drink for Julius on Friday. Julius, if you don't remember, Julius was our guy. Julius was our guy on the SS Lazarus and Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. When they eventually reached New York City and Jason followed our heroes. The only person that had the guts to stand up to Jason, mano e mano, was our man Julius. And Julius tried to run the fade with nothing but his bare knuckles. He took on Jason Voorhees and he staggered the giant. He brought that giant back. Only to lose his head uh, just about a minute or two later at the end of this fight. Julius got knocked the fuck out, literally. But we salute you, Julius. The only person to shoot the fade with Jason Voorhees. You didn't live to tell about it, but either way, we respect you for what you did, Julius. So if you're looking for something to do this coming Friday, Friday the 13th, turn to the Paramount Channel. Paramount Channel is going to be running a Friday the 13th marathon. Uh, Sci-Fi Channel will probably run a few of them as well, too. Maybe TM, uh, 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 AMC might run some of them as well. Check out your local listing. See what's being played. And if it is showing Jason Takes Manhattan, don't skip on that. That's the fun one, y'all. But that is going to do it for me tonight. Again, next week, it's Choose or Die or it's Firestarter. Make sure to go to the Facebook group. Make sure you're voting on what movies we're going to be watching on the all-nighter coming up in July as well, folks. But that's it for me. Watch horror movies. I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.